Okay, this is Paul Nobles from Eat Reform. Um, quick note, we actually have Catherine um, on the call as well. She just has difficulties with her webcam, and I'm going to make sure that I turn off my phone. We are recording these first ones just because um, not everybody can make these classes or, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I didn't even know the classes existed. Um, I mean, we, you know, we can only do so much, you know, we can email people, <laughs> we can, you know, put it in the forums, we can put it on Facebook, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's about the, the, the extent of what we can do. Uh, what we're really trying to accomplish with these, and we've sort of had these called quick time life, uh, quick start lifetime the goal is to phase out lifetime just so all of you know so if you're a lifetime member congrats you got in you know um but we don't want to be on the hook for um you know you know people's lifetime journey forever right we want to have kind of a limited group there and uh right now we're selling quick start um pretty good uh, most all, all the people buying Quick Start at the moment are getting lifetime. Um, my guess is that's really not the thing that's sort of moving the needle for them. It's just like the accelerated being able to ask coaches questions and stuff like that. So, with that said, the way that this works, if you're new, is you go into the chat and then you ask a question and then Chris. Catherine or myself will answer the question. Um, if you're, if you've never listened to the podcasts or, or whatever, I tend to dominate these. Um, <laughs> but but I am going I am going to to try to hand off a little bit more. It's just sort of difficult for me to do at times. Um, but uh, really, the the person that's that's sort of helping is in charge of a thread on um, in the Quick Start Lifetime forums. And they, you know, if you guys can put your username in that, um, in your communication, then when we answer your question and provide you a resource, then we can just tag you in the forums and then you can go look at it. We could also email you th that, that gets a little bit harder, but you know we could do it. Um, so it just it just depends on what you guys need. Um, so we're not really getting any questions right now. So I'm going to start with uh, what what I've been doing um, because you know I, I've been talking a little bit about kind of like stress and sleep and things like this and. You know, I know, I know people get concerned about me. It's sort of funny. Um, you know, I have a, I found out something a long time ago with my sleep issues. Um, I kind of know what the problems are typically, you know, um, you know, I've been saying that a lot in slot. Uh, and, you know, it just makes me get more diligent. Like my daughter is actually struggling with the same problems that I'm having with like the season type stuff. I'm fairly certain if I was in Arizona, I'd be sleeping fairly well. So I, I think it is somewhat seasonal affective disorder. Um, and, and I don't know that much about it, but I'm assuming that there's some type of range there. Um, so last night, you know, uh, got home from dinner. I don't know if you're in the meal planning group and we saw the meal planning group. I'm just going to tell you guys, if you're not registered for challenges, ask Chris and Catherine how to register for the challenges. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to leave it out there. And if you don't register for the challenge, trust me, on Tuesday, you're probably going to be upset that you didn't. Um, so, uh, so I had my vitamin D. Had a little magnesium. Uh, the other thing that's sort of interesting is that, you know, I'm training for a CrossFit event. 
CrossFit Greensboro's hosting um, more of the wads. And, uh, you know, it's just not an option to not train at this point, you know, no matter what my sleep is. So what I started doing was, um, you know, whatever I could, you know, so yesterday I did 100 lunges on the hour every hour. Um, people, people thought I wouldn't be able to walk or something, um, today. I mean, I feel it, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I do feel it. Um, but I know that if I got on my air down for 15 minutes at a relatively brisk pace that, you know, all that stuff would break up and, you know, I'd be fine. But it's, it, you know, that's one of the advantages of having huge work capacity. Today, I am doing five... Um, dead hang pull-ups whenever I can I mean I guess I'll go ahead and just tell everybody my goal is 240 um, and so um, what I think happens for a lot of you guys is you get paralyzed by that hour that you do CrossFit or you know whatever and you don't think of it as options I think three days ago I did 500 push-ups um, the thing that about slow and controlled is that you, um, you know, you can really focus on form. A lot of the times when you're trying to get, you know, as many reps in and, you know, 15 minutes, form does get a little compromised, right? Because you get tired or, or whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm keeping my arms, you know, really using my, my lats a lot. You know, my, my lats are are really kind of screaming at the moment you know after today it's gonna to be pretty pretty interesting um, but you know I've said it before you know I don't know if any of you guys have heard it but you know there's a lot of ripped ass dudes in prison you know and they ain't counting their macros <laughs> and you know they they're they pretty much just you know do kind of what I'm doing you know and make sure that they get in an exercise regimen because they got nothing but time, <laughs> right? Um, and so now you go, well, you know, I just don't have the time. Well, I'm sort of pointing out that you do have the time, right? You know, um, and you could figure out a way to sort of get it in. Um, and we can kind of expand upon that as we're asking questions. Um, so Cody's asking, you mentioned on a Thursday meeting the gradually awesome approach versus PFL. How does that approach impact the TDE numbers that were originally given to us? Um, let me think about that for a second. I would say that the best answer to that is it's a little bit lower on the rest days. Um, I'm... It's not that I'm not a fan of the gradually awesome approach because I, I think that that you know it's a good fit for a lot of people's lifestyle. Um, but when you go too far below, let me give you an example. This is a great. This is the best way to say it. Okay, when we're talking about weight loss, fat loss. What we're really talking about is a deficit over a short period of time, right? That's what performance-focused fat loss is. In performance-focused fat loss, there's only eight days where you should not be eating at a deficit. And for some people, it might only be six to five days, you know, depending on if they're seeing results or not. In Gradually Awesome... You're really not in a deficit, you know, very much at all, you know. So as an example, you know, most people were going to set at about 3,500 calorie deficit for a week. Um, sort of depends on the size of the athlete, how much fat they have to use, things of that nature. But with Gradually Awesome, you really, you know, your deficit might only end up being 500 to 1,000, you know, which... You know, for a lot of people, you know, Gradually Awesome really does look like how we reverse you guys out of dieting, you know. Um, and uh, and then we sort of use that with the wave method. 
So what I would say, you know, kind of, um, you know, I would say if you wanted to look at an example of what the numbers might be like if your calories were 2,400, normally I'd probably set you at about 2,000 to 2,100 um, for your um, total daily energy expenditure. I'm talking like a female, 140 pounds, something like that. Um, but if it was gradually awesome, um, we'd probably have you 17 to 1,800 and see how that feels um, with a focus a little bit more on fats on uh on rest days. Hey, uh, Catherine. Yes. Do you mind being my reader, similar to the way that that Sarah was doing it the other day? Sure. Because what what I what I want to do is I want um I want to be able to follow up with Cody, but what I what I really want to do for you guys is take you know, one question and then you know, kind of move on to the next thing. I think what ends up happening, you know, sort of depends on, on the individual, whatever, um, and, and the, the topic. But, you know, we have a lot of people that have questions. I want to make sure that they're getting at least one question answered so we can kind of move on. And then as time permits, then we can start, you know, peeling open those questions. So that's why I try to answer the questions as involved as possible. Um, let me shut my Facebook here. Otherwise, the dinging can go nuts. <laughs> so, um, do you guys have any, I mean, probably the best gradually awesome results that I've ever seen is on this phone call. Um, and that's Catherine. Um, what, what are your thoughts on what I'm saying there, Catherine? Oh, you know what? I, I really loved the gradually awesome approach. It, uh, kept me focused on the rest days to get my need in. Um, although PFFL, I, I lost eight pounds. So, um, but it, it was tougher. It was a, it was a lot, it was shorter, but it was a tougher, a tougher go for me. Um, cause I had been used to, uh, my higher calories, but um, I think it, you know, and with coaching, I think it just depends on the person too. I, I don't know, Paul, what do you think? Have you found people who just tend to be better at the gradually awesome approach and not so much the PFFL or have you found PFFL seems to be the answer for most people? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think anything's, you know, the answer. Um, I think that gradually awesome works real well for Catherine because she's a lot like all of you, right? Where, you know, she's got a family, she's busy, you know, she's coaching, all this other type of stuff. And so it just sets up well for her to kind of stay on that consistent plan. Um, exactly. And then if, if you look at like performance-focused fat loss, you know, it really sort of depends on the individual. Now, one thing that, that I do want to say and, and, and I pointed it out today in my post about mindset. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, in some ways, you can sort of bask in need to perform culture, right? And like Chris, I'll use Chris as an example. You know, man, it is motivated it is motivating. Okay, let's 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 use an analogy. So you're a flower, and you're surrounded by a bunch of weeds, um, and you're like, man, this is just a horrible environment to be a flower in, right? So now all of a sudden you come to eat to perform, and you find Chris, which in this situation, Chris is gonna be the most gangster ass flower you've ever seen. Right? So you're now in Chris's garden. You've been replanted. You're amongst a lot of flowers, all doing really cool things, except you kind of ain't doing cool things. You're still kind of doing the weeds thing, right? But you feel better being in the flower part. Well, there's one rule to being in that garden. You got to do the work, you know? And I think, I think what happens with a lot of people is they go, oh, man, it's really nice to be 
in this garden is really nice to, you know, feel good about myself. But part of feeling good about yourself is, you know, doing the work and, and making sure that you're building that foundation that will make a difference for you for life, you know. And if you're not doing that, you know, start doing that because, you know, at some point, all that mindset bullshit, you know, that'll go away, you know, and you'll realize you didn't reach your goals. You didn't get where you wanted to go. You know, when I was sort of struggling through, you know, sleep issues, stress issues from December and stuff like that, I didn't go, oh, well, you know, I've got sleep, I got stress. I went, no, I'm going to be a force of nature and I'm going to power through this, you know, and that's, that's how, you know, 2016 has started for me. You know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, we don't think it's important for people to work towards um, competitions. If I didn't have this competition in the next two or three weeks, I don't know that I would be as motivated as I am to do this right now, right? So... I, I think it can act as a motivator, and I think that, you know, most people that do them regularly know that, right? Um, any any thoughts on what I'm saying there, Chris? Um, no, I, I would 100% agree with you, it, especially this time of year. Like, it, it can be tough to get motivated. I know when I was doing more of the early morning workouts, um, I basically made it a habit, like, getting out of bed was not an option. It was like, I have to go do that in order to reach the goals I had set for myself. Like that alarm goes off, I get up and it, it became, I don't know if I was maybe a little different cause I kind of took motivation out of it and just made it in my mind, non-negotiable. Like when that alarm goes off, you get up, you go lift. Right. You're cold, lift. you're tired, go lift. You're sleepy, go lift. Um, that was what I had to do to make it happen. So that's what I did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really, I really think that for a lot of people, um, you know, there's some flexibility. You know, if if you know Chris's daughter gets sick, you know, and he's not able to lift, I don't think he's going to like go. Well, I'm not lifting anymore. You know, um, that's that's not how it works. You know, it's, it's not working. You know, where it's rails is just trying to create healthy habits that become a consistent plan. So Rachel's saying, I have a good amount of excess fat to lose, but have only been eating at my full ATP numbers since November. How long would you recommend my situation before considering PFFL? Well, probably the best answer is March. That's the simple answer. The more complicated answer is that PFFL, a lot of people look at PFFL sort of incorrectly right um they look at pffl as sort of like this end game and it's sort of like the way that they they used to diet you know if anybody ever sees this video they're gonna be like man that dude's got one shiny forehead um the uh april actually accused me of getting a facial because the sun shines in on my office um but what most people find with performance-focused fat loss, and, and, and we can walk you through, you know, part of the process, you know, and I, I don't want to get into, like, a huge, you know, push towards group coaching and things of this nature, because I think a lot of you guys can, can figure this out on your own. But when you're performance-focused fat lossing, a lot of people, you know, I say, well, you know, why don't we set up for March? And... Um, and then Patty, Patty's saying that that's my morning hair. And yes, this is my morning hair. It's going in a, a lot of different directions. Um, you know, it's 10 a.m. on a, a Saturday, so I'm hoping you guys cut me a, a little bit of a break. Um, but what I think happens with performance-focused fat loss is it's February 15th. Rachel will be like, I'm amped. In 15 days, I'm going to start my performance-focused fat loss. And then, you know, March 16th, you know, I mean, Uncle George dies, right? 
you know, um, I, I, I wish I could have come up with a better, better one there. Um, or she has to stay at work till 2 a.m., right? And so, so that sort of stops her. Um, my argument there is, you know, to try and stay the path. I mean, like keep the resolve that you started with because, you know, it really isn't the hurdles. Um, the hurdles really kind of provide the path. You know, most people look at the hurdles or at least they look at the hurdles in the past as sort of the reason why they didn't succeed. And I would argue that that they're the reasons why you ultimately succeed. So I don't know if that's helpful or not. Um, she says she's rehabbing a back injury and can't do heavy squats or deadlifts. Can I still register for the challenges? Absolutely. The challenges are not really based on, um, you know, like achieving extreme results. You know, they're, they're picked randomly. Um, and so what we're trying to encourage you is to just do your part, right? Just to be an active participant in your journey. Um, only three people actually get held up, you know, and they tend to be held up for reasons not based on, you know, I mean, usually if they've seen a good result, that helps. But what we're really looking for is consistency and sticking to the plan, you know. So we don't we don't reward someone with a Maserati, you know, because they lost 50 pounds in, in eight weeks. Actually, that person would not get the Maserati in Egypt Formland because that is an extreme nature. Man, I would love to talk about that stupid um, show on TV. Um the, the pick your own diet thing. And maybe if, maybe by the end we'll have some time to do that. Um, I'm going to try and finish up Rachel here. Let's see. I started a training log in the form this week. Will coaches look at the training logs every so often or do I need to ask someone to look for it for feedback? I would look, I would tag, um, you know, Chris, Chris or Catherine um, in those posts because um, they're, the ones that are going to be um, looking at that the most often, and they're obviously in this call, so there's a connection. And uh, but yeah, the in in group coaching, there's an automatic um, uh, thing in process with lifetime. It's really a little bit more up to you to call us to action. So I hope that helps. Let's see. Mandy is saying, and she's Mandy B in the forums. So Chris, and, um, if we have anything, you want to tag her. My first PFFL is winding down very soon. Started tracking my stats with a sculpt device during the PFFL and reduced my fat percentage by 1.4%. What could I expect to see after the PFFL? I have a three-day-a-week program for strength training. It's for building back basic fitness and overall strength. I also do rock climbing, swim and spin when I can. Well, what you can typically see is um, that your body's a little bit more insulin sensitive through that process. You know, if you're, you know, as an example, you can, you know, if you were a 150 pound person, 1% um, body fat would be 1.5 pounds. And so, you know, when you can eliminate, you know, close to two, two and a half pounds of fat from your body, that would be a good thing. Um, she's saying that she has a um, fair amount of fat to use. It sounds like you probably didn't get as aggressive as you could have with your deficit. Um, and, you know, once again, I mean, you know, not a pitch for group coaching, but this is really more for, you know, kind of working things out through the lifetime forums. Um, and so, uh, she so say no, due to injuries, we kept it a little light. That would be my argument for not doing it during an injury, right? Um, I think Mandy probably learned a fair amount through this process, so that's a good thing. Um, but... 
you know, part of what we're trying to do is keep your work volume up, work rate up, you know, fair amount. When you're injured, your work rate is not going to be high. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to have to do it with calories. And if we do it with calories, you know, what ends up happening is your stress and recovery systems are compromised. And a lot of times, you know, if you're too aggressive, you'll get sick, you know, um, long-term, you know, you can see negative thyroid function, all these different types of things. And so um, she's saying, during PFL, I just got back in a training program in Decameron. It was residual injuries. Um, really, what we want is people going into a, uh, a PFFL cycle firing on all cylinders. And then you guys go, I have a lot of fat to use, Paul. You know, that's not realistic for me to say to say that. And, and I could easily say, well, too bad. This is the way, you know. But that's not going to be my argument. My argument would be, if you've been dieting for a long time, and you've been struggling to get where you're at. And then you go, well, you know, I haven't really been dieting. I kind of ate bad for a while there and stuff like that. Well, whatever you were doing previous to this didn't work. That, you know, that's obvious because you're here now and we're trying to get you a result that you want um, that will last for a while. If we're not firing on all cylinders going into performance-focused fat loss, we're sort of missing the magic, right? And so... Um, most people, when they're, they're dieting, you know, they're not doing a very good plan. Typically, you know, like even, even my fitness pal, Weight Watchers, all these places, what they do is, is they sort of get you like this feeling of, of, you know, awesomeness because, you know, you're eating 1200 calories and you drop 15 pounds in that process you know, you might lose 10 pounds of muscle, you know, and your workouts suck. You don't feel good about yourself. You're, you're chewing on celery, you know, just to get through the hunger pains and stuff like that. Um, I would not say that that's a good, good answer to how to become a better human being overall, right? And so um, if you're not firing on all cylinders, you're injured, you're sick, and you're going into performance-focused fat loss and you've been dieting for the last 20 years, just give us another three months. Just give us another six months, right? Like, like I think logically people know that what we're talking about works. Um, I think what they struggle with is the pain that they feel. And I, I think every single coach on this call knows what that pain is like, you know. I mean, Catherine in the past has worked with people, you know, with eating disorders. I mean, she's seen this pain in real life, you know, um, over and over again, right? But it's really, that's why we say that, you know, you have to work through that pain first, you know, and the bigger priority you put the pain, you know, the pain you know, you could argue that the pain is the, the you know, excessive fat that you have on your body. It, it tends to be something a little bit more, it, it tends to be something a little, little deeper than that. You know, um, so for some people it's emotional. I can honestly say like for myself, you know, um, I, I had a great relationship with myself. I just, I just allowed myself um, to be a creature of convenience and then um, the approach that I was taking over and over again you know with extreme deficits trying to pull off the band-aid and get the pain gone as soon as possible you know um, that that you know obviously never worked and ultimately I started to eat form lost 80 pounds you know fitness became a priority in my life it was sort of interesting I remember the the um, doing the research for this and um, I can't remember if it was Mike Nelson or, or um, some of the other people that I was talking to, but there is very big scientific research that as you start to replace fat with muscle, you just naturally become 
want to be more athletic. You naturally, you know, I'm reading this book right now called Living with a Navy Seal. Actually, I just finished it. Um, and the author talks about this Navy Seal. And the author um, owns, he's one of the, the guys behind Marquee Jet and Zico, and, and his wife owns Spanx. And he's got a Park Avenue apartment, he's got a big house in Atlanta, um, he's got a lake home in, in Connecticut. And he's like, I've got all these things that everyone wants. He goes, this Navy SEAL has a backpack with all of his belongings. And spending 30 days with this dude, I want that backpack. <laughs> right? We tend to chase the wrong shit a lot, you know? And... um you know, I know I can I can relate to that. You know, in the last year, I've been trying to simplify my life in a big way. So, so I hope that helps. Um, let's see. She she finished saying I said that very thing this morning. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cool. So Jennifer saying, whoa, Jennifer. She's got a long, long thing here. Not sure if it's the right place for such a basic question, but here it goes. Brand new. Awesome. Uh, when I sent in my initial info, I just guessed that calories. Now that I'm actually tracking an MFP, I see that it probably wasn't as low as I guess. Since I'm not at a deficit, can I just work on my macros and not be so worried about the gradual eight weeks or whatever it was build up period for calories? Here's the answer to that. Absolutely. Like, I, if, 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 you know, those things don't bother you, perfect, you know. The problem that I don't want to see with people, though, is to all of a sudden, the reason why we put that in place, well, we, the reason why we put that in place is because most people need it. But like you're saying, you know, it's not as aggressive as you thought, so therefore um, you can actually dive in a little bit, bit faster, which, you know, we're in favor of you doing, right? Um, the reason why it's in place is because a lot of people have been dieting extremely for a long period of time, right? And they come to eat form and they don't talk to coaches. They don't join quick start. And at the end of the day, you know, it just becomes cheesecake and beer fest, you know, and then they gain 10 pounds and then they join Quick Start, and then they start talking to coaches, and they go, I've been doing Eat to Perform, and I gained 10 pounds, and this sucks. Well, I mean, Chris, how many, how many beers did you have last night? Um, I didn't have any beers last night either. You know? Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, like, like I, I think that you know, one of the things that we will do is call you on your bullshit, you know. Um, and, and if you're new, you're like, man, why is this dude talking to me like this? And I totally get it, you know. But I needed that in my life. I needed someone to say to me, look, you know. You know your bad behavior. You know you cannot go, you know, and, you know, eat the cucarachas one night, you know, uh, you know, black sheep coal the next night and, and you just constantly, you know, fill yourself with calorically dense foods without an appropriate amount of work. You know, we talked about it a little bit. I don't know if you guys watched the last call, but we talked about, you know, can you eat a uh, eat yourself out of a bad diet? And the answer is absolutely yes, you can. You know, the, the problem is it requires a lot of work. You know, Michael Phelps, pretty ripped, <laughs> you know, but... You know, it, you know, he also, you know, that's not, that's not a good fit for a lot of our lives, you know? So, um, so the answer to Jennifer's question, I don't know if she goes by Jen, Jenny, whatever, you know, right? That Jen is kind of one of those names that can go a lot of directions. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'd like to see you get to total daily energy as, as soon as possible. A lot of people look at, you know, getting their total daily energy expenditure, um, 
you know, up to an appropriate amount as kind of like these, you know, this thing, you know, and then after three months, I get the performance focused fat loss. And after eight weeks of performance focused fat lossing, you know, I'm a physique competitor. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, um, you know, I mean, I've been as low as, you know, 9% body fat. Typically, I sit 13 to 15%. You know, I just find that that's where my body, you know, kind of performs the best. Um, and, you know, I can take off my shirt on a beach and people go, that dude lifts weights. You know, sort of interesting um, talking about that. You know, when you go to a beach, we were in Cancun last year. And I said to my wife, I was like, man, there's a lot of dudes that are like ripped up in here. You know, and there's a lot of women that are wearing a bikini and look really good in that bikini. But most of them don't have the one thing that I have that really makes me visibly different than everyone on this beach. Um, and I asked her if she knew what I was talking about. And she was like, I have no clue at all what you're talking about. I said, my back. I said, if you were to ask me what's the most important muscles to develop in the beginning, I mean, core might be first, but back would be second. I mean, back allows so much work. You know, some of the biggest muscles in your body are on your back, you know, and I really genuinely believe that that's the difference that separates, you know, powerlifters, bodybuilders, um, you know, crossfitters, um, you know, uh, like my wife, she's working on a pull-up progression right now, and she's doing the pull-ups more like a row, so she's getting her lats more involved, and she's like, oh my goodness, my lats have been sore for the last three days. I mean, you know, she sleeps with the Eat the Form guy, right? <laughs> like, you know, she, she knows all this information, um, but, you know, it's just like, you know, kind of making it a practice, and it... You know, like when you do rows, rows are not fun, you know. I mean, rows are not like a, a cool exercise, you know. Um, you don't get to do it for time, you know. Um, but, uh, and, I, and I actually don't do a lot of rows. Um, but I, you know, I get a lot of work from deadlifts and such. Um, but I have started to implement a lot more rows into my training and, um, you know, my, my deadlifts have been favorable. Um, I, I did want to say one thing about that because I know Chris probably has a, a good contribution on, on this topic. I'm sure Catherine does as well. Um, I won't take it personally, Paul. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so my deadlift yesterday, I'm working through a progression. And, uh, you know, my multiplier is 500 you know, and I'm going to deload after 500 and sort of change my rep scheme a little bit. Um, but yesterday I did 325 for 10. Um, and it was pretty easy. Had five hours sleep and did a thousand lunges. It was really funny, actually. One of the coaches at my gym, she comes up to me. She goes, you know, you didn't really do very much. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, I just... PR my deadlift, you know, times 10, you know, um, meaning, meaning, you know, my, my rep. Um, I don't think a lot of people look at it like that, that they're PRing their reps every single time they move through a progression. You know, they get focused on that one rep max thing. And, you know, if you've never lifted 325 for 10 and you do it on one day, you just had a PR. You know, if you looked at it that way, you're PRing a lot more than you think, right? Um, but the coach said to me, she's like, you didn't do very much. Um, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I just came in here to kind of work through this and, and support, you know, Vicky, you know, and then, you know, we're going out for dinner. 
afterwards I said but you know I did thousand lunges today and she's like what and I was like yeah you know I, I just did lunges today and I was doing single-legged lunges um, where you know I would just do the one leg for 50 and then do the other leg for 50 if you guys don't know what that's like try it like when you talk about muscle activation you know that will get you some muscle activation you don't realize how much switching the leg causes you to rest and decreases muscle activation when you hit that same muscle over and over again now if you're just new to lunges don't do that you won't be able to walk for the next three weeks you know but you know you could try it for five just to see how it feels and you go wow you know that's pretty pretty awesome and you know i'm not saying this to brag i mean it's like I don't give a shit about lunges. Um, like, no, no one's like, there's no lunges competition. Uh, well, there might be. Did we have lunges? I think we did um, at the Granite Games. Yeah, I, I did all those walking lunges with the, well, what was it called, over the hill or something like that, where we did the lunges, the yeah. shoulder to overhead, and then pull-ups, and then back. Yeah, like we had to hold it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's such a that's another thing, by the way. Um, if you want to create muscle activation, I know a lot of times at CrossFit <coughs> you'll do it like five reps for forty-five. No, <laughs> do do that 45, 25 times with one leg, and tell me how that feels. You know, because um, that's a, that's a good way to to get muscle activation. But I was talking about you know, my glute development goals and stuff like that. And I've been sort of like letting that go, you know, just because, you know, I'm not different than any of you guys. You know, sometimes I'll I'll get out of a habit and then, you know, it sort of struggles to get back into that habit. But, you know, people are like, well, why do you do, you know, a thousand lunges or, you know, whatever? I mean, what would be the point of having great work capacity if you didn't use it, you know? And if you don't use it, it goes away, you know, so you're always in this fight to keep what you've earned, you know, um, and so so keep that in mind. I can't remember what the guy said yesterday, but it was, it was pretty or when I read the book, but um, your easiest day was yesterday. And what that means is, is you got to get better. I mean, this dude's talking about doing a thousand push-ups a day and this and that. And the Navy SEAL guy is doing 2,500. <laughs> like, like, you know, I mean, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And, and that's a big part of this deal, you know. I think people tend to focus on the calorie parts a lot. And they don't really focus on the work capacity a lot. The people that do focus on the work capacity part a lot you know, three to five years into the journey, I mean, you know, it shows, you know, the, you know, depends on who the, the younger you are, you know, um, it, you know, that matters. So, yeah, that's kind of a long way to answer her very succinct question. Um, let's see, Rachel... I've been in CrossFit for three months, building strength and ETP both at the same time. Want to lose fat, but don't want a PFFL to affect my strength. Should I hold off on PFFL for a few more months? I love that idea. I really genuinely love the idea of building the biggest engine possible going into PFFL. Because the way that the three numbers, like, you know, I'm assuming all of you have read the book, but basically it's set up. So when your body starts to downregulate, you know, you can, you know, kind of adjust to it. Now, one of the things that, you know, I suggest to people is um, viewing it in a way where you can get to a calorie deficit also using activity. There's a good news, bad news thing there. You know, one, that's helpful for volume. 
a lot of people don't always see weight loss. And for myself, I didn't necessarily see weight loss. I, I had to kind of figure out like some combo that kind of got me to my goals the last time um, and, and that I did PFFL. And if, if you were asking me, I probably should have waited a little bit longer. But, you know, I had a goal. I reached that goal and I was done, right? Um, having that engine, you know, I actually was never, I never, I never had to go below the second number, but I had to work, you know, so I didn't have to do that because I just don't like being super uncomfortable as it relates to hunger signaling. Um, but if you're struggling you know, you might have to go to those, those lower numbers and there's still no guarantee there, right? There could be, you know, stress involved. There's a lot of factors that, that happen. Some people become more nutrient efficient. They put on a little lean mass in that scenario. So it really uh, sort of depends. But, you know, one of the podcasts that we did with Lane Norton, he talked about, you know, how, you know, people successfully diet or unsuccessfully diet and you know he made the case that you know the more you diet the more unsuccessful you'll be at dieting you know the less you diet you know the more success you'll have so kind of keep that in mind i think we're really you know that's that's probably the biggest differentiator between what we teach people and 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 what other people teach people because you know, a lot of people really kind of focus on the fat loss part. And then when a client asks them, you know, I want fat loss, um, you know, they kind of believe in, in, in working out, but then, you know, they, they give them starvation macros and then suck it up kid. And, you know, like long-term, you know, I think for most of the people on this call, the history has shown that that's, you know, ultimately a lot of people end up with more fat on their body rather than, than less fat. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of like being in a dysfunctional relationship because they're like, oh, when Bob starved me and I could didn't feel like doing anything and didn't sleep at all, I did lose that 20 pounds. So working with Bob really worked for me. It's like, well, if working with Bob really worked for you, you wouldn't have to go back to Bob, right? Um, so so kind of keep that in mind. Let's see. So Jennifer's saying, hear what you're saying, tracking in FP, helping a lot, CM, high in fat and carbs, uh, PS, I had no beer last night either. Yeah, the, uh, um, I didn't mean like all you guys are having beer. Um, so, um, I don't know if uh, we just call you Cookie or I, I, I think we just call you Cookie, right? Um, but Cookie's asking, I can't always pre-plan my rest days and sometimes my workouts end up not as intense as I thought they might be. With such a varying amount of energy expenditure, should I eat to my Fitbit numbers or only use the calories burn as a reference? Eat full TDE with rest macros on obvious do-nothing days. I'm always a fan of... <coughs> um, eating towards your total daily energy expenditure. So you will never get a get a, a, a time from me where I go, no, you shouldn't do that, right? Um, but I think we all come at it from a different standpoint. You know, not everyone's metabolism is ready for full total daily energy expenditure. So for you, you've been a long time eat to performer. Um, this is where not checking the scale does not work in your favor. And I'm not saying that she doesn't check the scale, but I'm saying that if somebody else is watching this, I want to anticipate the question that they're going to ask me, you know, or they're going to be asking about what we're talking about. What happens is, is people go, should I eat my total daily energy expenditure? I say yes. And they go, I gained 10 pounds. Well, okay, it, it wasn't yes and gain 10 pounds and then, you know, feel awful about the process that you're on. It really is trying to kind of find 
you know, that sweet spot that sort of works for you where you're consistently, you know, working up. One thing that I will say, you know, a lot of people will say, well, my, um, I'm actually really interested about this part, but I don't think it's going to do very much. Um, the new health boxes, um, I'm going to start testing those real soon from uh, Under Armour and my fitness pal. And they have a chest strap because they're, they're, you know, one of the articles that I read finally admitting, you know, that the, you know, the Fitbit doesn't, you know, do that really well. So it doesn't, you know, calculate your exercise very well. It's very good for your non-exercise time. So I'm interested to see how that works out. But it's not going to, it's not going to show up in my um, weight training. It'll show up a little bit better with my weight training, but it's not going to show up with my weight training either. So um, in that regard, uh, what I think happens is from a central nervous system standpoint, from, from you know, you know, nutrients, from digestion, weight training does have a demand that doesn't show up on total daily energy expenditure. And so um, I think if you have a consistent plan as it relates to weight training and then also have you know, your total daily energy expenditure through um, an activity device, that is the happy medium, right? And I think that is one of the best ways to sort of keep weight stable. I think that's the problem with having a totally cardio approach or a total weightlifting approach. Like you can work with a total weightlifting approach. That's pretty similar to like what Chris does. Um, but if I was, you know, Chris and I eat a similar amount of food, right? What's the difference? He's a 230-pound dude. I'm a 175-pound dude. Well, the difference is, is that I do more um, cardiovascular type of activity. You know, it just, you know, that is my journey, my process, and it's just different than Chris's process. There's a lot about his process that I would like, like, like being able to rock those um, kitty tights, you know, <laughs> and people make comic strips about them and stuff. Um, so I, I hope that helps, Cookie. Let's see. So we're actually sort of finishing up here. And I've got two questions left. Shelly saying, I've been with E2B since July 14th. I've gained. I don't want to just be an E2B stalker. I joined because I was tired of the lose weight, gain weight cycle. I do strength train and I want to lose fat and get stronger. I just don't know what's the next best step. I'm ready to work on the fat. I get lost in the forums. Here's what I would do. If, um, well, Shelly, can I ask you a question? Do you have um, a journal? And are you journaling consistent. And when I say journal, I don't mean a food log. I'm asking if you have a journal set up within the lifetime forums. Because if you ask Catherine or Chris to kind of help you along, they wouldn't say no to you. Right? We're we're in this business to help people out, you know. Um and so uh that's where I would start, you know. I, I think what happens with journaling, and Chris actually brought up a great point, you know, his phone, I can't remember, got lost or something like that, and, you know, his training log was in the phone. And because he had another training log in the forums, he had a backup plan. The thing about the journals that are in the lifetime forums, you know, I don't think, it's sort of, it's sort of like what we've been doing with the meal planning group, like, like the meal plan group is way cooler than than even people know because like you, you could literally ask a coach, hey, what should I eat today? You know, but but no one does that. Um, the journals is like that. You know, people have the ability to journal, they have the ability to ask coaches, but they don't do it. And you know, 
Um, a lot of times people will join group coaching just because to have that, that extra level of accountability. But you don't need that extra uh, level of accountability. She's saying, no, I just joined, so please direct me. So, Shelly, could you do me a favor and uh, Catherine, um, get her screen name and then just sort of tag her into where the journal area is. I'm fairly certain, and, and we're all, we're all, just so you guys know, um, Sarah's doing some pieces, Chris is doing some pieces, and Catherine's doing some pieces. So it might take Catherine a little bit of, of communication with, with Sarah to figure out where the journal section is. But what you're looking for, Catherine, is Kelly Edelman's journal, right? Show that to Shelly. And then Shelly, I want you to do whatever your version of that is and then tag Catherine in it occasionally. Now, don't tag Catherine in it every single day, you know, <laughs> um, because I don't, I don't think that that's helpful. You know, one of the things that, that, that you know, and, and we're going to shut this down here real soon. I, I have to answer Patty's question. Um, but one of the things that I think happens is a lot of people start watching these videos and they start, you know, almost wasting like five hours a week, you know, devouring the information. The whole point of this in information isn't, to get you information it's to spur action right and so i don't want you guys watching five hours worth of these videos every week you know and if you are you aren't eating to perform right so get off the videos be on live live you know make sure that that you're you're doing the actions but Shelly, I'm just going to tell you from a from a quick start standpoint and getting rolling, you've made a good choice, you know. So all you need to do at this point is kind of use Catherine's direction, and then you know start yeah, start um, doing I've, your part. I've searched for Shelly on the forum and I can't find her. Shelly, could you post your forum name or your email and I'll contact you and we'll get you all set up, okay? Sounds good. Um, hopefully she can do that before. Um, the end of the class, which is going to be very soon. So Patty's saying, sort of a generic question, is reverse diet after PFL different for an older, older ETP member, aka late 50 plus? Absolutely it is. Um, think about it from this standpoint. Okay, so Shelly is actually giving her screen. Yeah, I see it. Okay, good. Awesome. Perfect. Um, so, yes, Patty, I mean, if, if you have a history of dieting, right, and uh, you're coming out of uh, performance-focused fat loss, and, um, you know, you're naturally older, so, you know, uh, I mean, we all, you know, I mean, Chris can do more than I can and come out of reverse dieting quicker than I can, um, like, from a gorilla standpoint, I have to like smart gorilla him rather than like overpower gorilla him. That's what you need to do, Patty. Like you need to be smart gorilla. And smart gorilla at this point, you know, has to figure out work, right? Um, what, what works for your schedule? You know, how can you get in an adequate amount of work? Um, as you're sort of reversing out of dieting behavior. And then, you know, patience. It's real similar to what I said, the, you know, in the other, the other uh, uh, question that you are going to want to uh, be a little slower about it because, uh, you know, you don't want to obviously um, not reach, you know, like as an example, let's say that you go from, you know, 157 pounds to 147 pounds, and then we, we kind of give you a bounce back of about 150 pounds, you know, and, and, and you bounce back and you get to 150, like in three days, you know, well, you did it too fast. 
you know, you have to really kind of allow your metabolism to recover and allow your work capacity to recover, you know, and so you sort of use that, um, you know, that as your guide, you know, uh, now, you know, I'm sure the specifics for you are, are different, and I know that Patty's actually in um, group coaching as well, so, uh, you know, for people that don't know if you're in group coaching, you're automatically um, become a lifetime member. And so, potentially, um, when I said that, you know, you can't be a lifetime member, I just lied, because... I think that is going to be the one qualifier. If you join group coaching, you'll be a lifetime member forever. But anyway, all of you guys are lifetime members already. I'm just kind of working through this in my brain. Um, does that help, Patty? I mean, yeah. I mean, 50 plus, you know, the 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 price you have to pay is is a little little tougher. But it it's sort of like. Um, it's sort of like being great example. I have a great example. And this is a great way to sort of end the call. So I was looking to get a relationship with a business partner recently. And it's a really important relationship for the long-term health of Eat to Perform. The people don't know me. They don't know anything about me. Um, I have a friend that has a friend. And so he introduced me to one of the vice presidents of this company. And so what happens for a lot of people in that scenario is they look at the introduction and think to themselves that they made it. You didn't make it. You just got to be able to shake the hand of that guy. For me to have a relationship with that company, you know, I have to dazzle them. I have to show them I am that guy. So in that instance, you know, most people would go to this vice president and say, I have this promotion and I was really hoping that you could help me with this promotion by giving me free stuff. And if I was Oprah, he'd do it. But I ain't Oprah. And I don't have a show. I'm just a dude on the internet. So I showed up with a check for $30,000. And I said, I'm going to show you something. That's ultimately the problem that you have, Patty. And that's the problem that everybody has whenever they go, I'm 50 plus, you know, um, I'm genetically not capable, you know, I was picked last for kickball all my life. Doesn't matter. You know, it just means that you're going to have to sort of figure it out. There is one other thing, though. Oprah's always going to win against me, <laughs> right? She's just, she's just got more power than me at this point, you know? Um, for what we do, I think I might be able to actually be able to surpass Oprah. I think some of this Weight Watcher stuff is sort of backfiring on Weight Watchers. Um, and, uh, you know... If they can figure out how to do some of the stuff that April, uh, Oprah was able to do with her show, then that might be helpful for them. But in, in general, they have kind of a bad process, right? Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but I think that knowing that you have kind of a hole that you have to dig yourself out of, there's two types of people, right? There's the people that go, oh, woe is me, I have a hole, you know? And then there's people that go... Oh my God, this amazing hole that I get to dig out of. This is awesome, right? It's sort of like the whole, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's uh, the people that make things happen and then the people that, you know, go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right? So so that's where, you know, I think, uh, 
you know, we can end the call. She said, yes, it explains what I've encountered, what Brett and Sarah are working with me on. They are awesome. I do agree. Um, very rare that you would be able to kind of have the relationship with PhD type level people. So that's, that's pretty cool for Patty to be able to do. Um, and she's saying, I didn't say I'm not genetically incapable. I, I'll say it. I'm genetically not capable. You know, I am genetically not capable um, to do what Chris is able to do uh, without an excessive amount of hard work that I'm not willing to do. I'm also not willing to, you know, go to 230 pounds. I'm also not willing to devote my life to the gym. I think that if we can all be, be honest with ourselves, we can go... So, so my next article, actually, that I'm going to write, I promise I'm going to write this article. I keep saying this. Shoot for eight. And what I mean is, is if you had from a scale of one to ten, right? Ten being the best you could possibly do, best you could possibly be, best version of yourself. That you'd be better off shooting for eight. And the reason why I say that is because I think perfection tends to become overwhelming. And so if you shoot for eight constantly, you know, ultimately you may land at 10. But if you shoot for 10 constantly, you'll, all be, you'll always be disappointed that you never got to 10, right? We all have shortcomings, you know, and if we can be honest with ourselves about those, that is a good thing. All right, guys, we're going to end there, and uh, we're going to get to our Saturday, which for uh, Chris and I, well, actually, I assume Catherine, too. Um, Chris, do you know what the degree is outside? It's like something like five degrees or something like that, and that's supposed to be the high of the day, too. Yeah. Which is it? <laughs> Ridiculous cold right now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm, I'm trying to talk my wife into um, – Go, rucking today which i think she's she's probably she's probably gonna say no um oh. <laughs> but uh we'll see i can be i can be persuasive isn't it only like five degrees all the time in canada Catherine? it is actually 16 degrees fahrenheit right now so only minus nine celsius and uh we have a day of training and some skiing so training is like what I did a rod training. I mean, like, like what are we talking about here? Because that's the way we think of Canadians. We think. That <laughs> well, I do have to take the dog out, so uh, that's going to be uh, running around. But uh, today's squats. I'm working up to 200 pounds for doubles, and then some stiff-legged deadlifts, and, and then some downhill skiing. And that's awesome for you, right? Because, I mean, like, you, you know, with your injury and stuff, you're still sort of recovering. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yesterday I got up to 205 on my deadlift for a triple, which is huge for me, given my, my hip. So I'm on the mend. Yeah. All right, you yeah. guys. Well, um, I appreciate everybody being here, and have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, everyone.